Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor today. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. It is episode 258. We keep on rolling here with the Apple News. Yes, it's a little bit of what I call the dog days of the tech season right now, that March time frame, a little slow. Then it starts ramping up April. We get a more push in that June summertime. Obviously, with the Apple world, you got WWDC. And then September, October, November, that hits crazy. But right now, there's some things to talk about. But this is obviously, I'm not going to say this is the most important show that has come out, but there's always plenty to talk about. Now, if you want to be a part of the show, I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm going to include voice memos next week. I got three calls now. I'm just I'm just trying to milk it out just to get one more, two more from you all. But I got some good stuff coming up. If you want to be a part of the show, all you got to do is call in and record a voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. I want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, your questions, your concerns, topics that you want to bring up that you want us to think about to simmer on. Maybe it opens up more conversation. All you got to do is record it. Send it in, applebitsshow with a Z at gmail.com. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can support all of my content, including the podcast and my videos. But what you get here, you get early access to content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the podcast. You don't hear any of this. None of it. It's gone ad-free. And then it also really does help support me to keep on going. And you all have been so generous and allow me to keep on doing this. Y'all are crazy and I love it and I'm nothing but grateful. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support the content. All right, let's get into the show. And this week, I guess you could say the big news this week, but it was kind of announced last week and people saw it coming. Apple's iPhone 14 and 14 Plus in yellow, in yellow, launches today. You can go to an Apple store to pick it up now. If you're in the upgrade cycle and yellow is an appealing color to you, really Apple's standard iPhone lineup has a lot of these pastel kind of spring colors going for it. If I was, if I didn't buy a deep purple iPhone right when it launched, which I do, uh, I'd definitely go for this yellow one. But guess what? I didn't. And so I'm not going to, but you got it starting at the iPhone 14 at $799, the 14 Plus starting at $899, and the other other colors that are still there that came out in September, Midnight, Starlight Blue, Purple, and Product Red. So y'all can go out and get them. Now, we do have a couple iPhone 15, 15 Pro stories to talk about, and this latest one, I don't know if this is going to get you excited or not, but according to leaker Ice Universe, he is claiming that the iPhone 15 Pro Max, specifically the Pro Max, will break the record of 1.81 millimeter bezels held by the Xiaomi 13. You know, we're talking about bezels on the screen with Apple's new upcoming model. That black bezel will be just 1.55 millimeters. Now, how much does that matter to you? To me, it doesn't. You know, you have phones like the Galaxy S23 
ultra that goes edge to edge so you barely even see any bezel on it especially because it kind of wraps around those far sides its bezel its thickest bezel is one point or thinnest area is 1.95 millimeters the iphone 14 pro is 2.17 millimeters this new iphone 15 pro max expected in the fall 1.81 millimeters i it doesn't phase me by the time you put a case on it it probably overlaps that bezel a little bit so you won't even see it uh i this is not a feature that i'm i'm going to think that apple's going to tout but it is out there in the rumor mills along with everything that i could repeat to you ad nauseum for 6 months with the new iphone 15 lineup new a17 bionic usb c port rumored titanium frame thicker camera better curved edges we could it's it's all there it's all there for everyone to see now no surprise then quite honestly even if it has little different curves it'll look about roughly the same and when you think about it the iphone 12 13 14 and 15 i'm not saying that a cosmetic change matters but when you're now getting to four years of roughly pretty much a similar looking phone that is more than capable that doesn't encourage even the general consumer to upgrade as much and then you hear how the lead of the design team from apple has left i can see how maybe that person wasn't very inspired by what's happening in the iPhone space and what's been talked about for a while across Apple's product lines where we've been saying, I've been saying for a while, function over form, both important, but function is taking the priority form. And when function takes the priority over form, that typically means you're shifting towards the engineer's desires and maybe sometimes some of us as consumers, which we saw really made a difference for the MacBook Pro, but maybe in other product lines, it may not be as fruitful where something like the iPhone, which let's be real, smartphones in general have stagnated and plateaued for the most part. But if the design or the features are dictated by the engineering team first, well, guess what? Then it's up to the industrial design team or the the design team itself to come up with something that adheres to what the engineering team is, where before, I know this for a fact, Johnny Ives' team was dictating product and features and how the engineering team could make solutions that work inside of these super slim bodies for better or for worse but you can't tell me that we've seen an unbelievably groundbreaking just omg this is such a cool piece of tech design from Apple in a long time. You know, Apple Watch, maybe, hey, maybe it'll be this Apple headset glasses. I don't know. But clearly, there's things happening behind the scenes and a philosophical change. And Apple still has that ecosystem and still has the user base. And it's not like most of us listening and talking about it are going to leave. But that does maybe change how uh, inspiring some of these products may feel or may not feel depending on who you are. Also, we've heard this story plenty of times. The iPhone 15 Pro is predicted to see its first price increase since the iPhone 10. Now, this is based on research notes from Hong Kong-based investment firm, Haltong International Securities. They believe that due to some of these new rumored hardware upgrades, including the titanium frame, the solid-state buttons that I forgot to mention earlier with a taptic feedback where it's no longer you know a two 
press buttons, it would be like a solid state button that would feel the pressure and then create a vibration. You get the A17 Bionic chip, potential increased RAM, potential potential periscope lens for an increased optical zoom for the Pro Max. But what's interesting about that is uh, we haven't really seen enough evidence from the Pro Max renders and the 3D model dummies that have been printed out that really give us a strong indication that there actually is a periscope lens inside. And all the rumors have said it might be a 5X optical zoom, whereas again, Samsung does a 10X optical zoom, which is freaking impressive and can literally change and create different shot options and shot compositions that you just don't get. So if this price increase happens, we will see. We we had heard about it for the 14s, for the 13s, but now the story is out that the 15 Pro could see the first price increase since the iPhone 10 made a jump. In other iPhone-related news, there are now new app highlights, over 300 custom-designed 3D landmarks in Apple Maps. Now, I have, I'm not going to say I've led the charge, but I have definitely pushed in favor of Apple Maps as far as maybe two and a half, three years ago, even before that, before pandemic. So let's say four or five years, where Apple Maps has become really, really good, and in many cases, even visually better than Google Maps. So what they have now is when you go into the 3D mode or the 3D representation of your area in specific cities like Chicago, London, LA, New York, San Francisco, Sydney, Toronto, and several other cities, these landmarks have specifically crafted 3D models of landmarks like the Santa Monica Pier, like the Apple Fifth Avenue store in New York, like the Tower Bridge, all and it they're unique and they they kind of pop off the map. So yes, not groundbreaking, but very cool. And just a, another one of those small ways that Apple Maps has been really good. And to me, I think the biggest feature is still Apple Maps integrating and talking with your Apple Watch and vibrating or buzzing whenever it's time to make a turn. That is so useful, whether you're in cities, whether you're driving. I really love that feature. Now, we talk about the Apple Watch and Apple Health in general, we know that this is a big focus. A couple episodes, we talked about how Steve Jobs had this vision of healthcare and technology working together, and Apple and Tim Cook have really kind of driven and pushed this forward when we're talking about how the Apple Watch has become such a crucial and important health tool and is still being tested and used in other ways. So what has now been found recently is that according to a study conducted by researchers at Duke University's Day Hospital... The Apple Watch could help treat vaso-occlusive crises. This is a key complication that's caused specifically by sickle cell disease. And then often you get patients that get hospitalized due to severe pain. So the research indicates that machine learning using the Apple Watch collected health data can then look at trends and predict pain among people with sickle cell disease which could then provide an early warning sign and help enable earlier treatment via painkillers or saline hydration before it becomes more severe. So this is just currently being conducted by researchers. Hey, if, if a doctor wants to correct me, did I say vaso-occlusive crises correctly? I hope I did. Doc Knock, are you there? Let me know. But the researchers enrolled patients with sickle cell disease between July 2021 and September 2021. And in this study, 
They provided them with an Apple Watch Series 3, right? They didn't need the newest 5, 6, 7, 8. No, a Series 3 is 2021, I guess. We were at the Series 7. So they provided Apple Watch Series 3 for the duration of their visit. They had roughly 15,600 data points from Apple Watch's heart rate, heart rate variability, and activity data. Those were cross-referenced with pain scores and vital signs from the hospital's electronic medical records to create this machine learning model to predict the VOCs or the vaso-occlusive crises. So this study then was able to at least roughly correlate and show how the Apple Watch could help treat something as complex as sickle cell disease symptoms in the future. It's not, um, nothing has been pushed forward as a feature in the Apple Watch, but you know, whenever you buy the Apple Watch, I think when you first set it up, it asks you, oh, do you want to participate or potentially participate in studies? Uh, I think Stanford Medical Research is one of them, and you can passively send some of your data for whatever study they're doing. I think I said yes, even though I probably should have paid attention to what I was giving up, but Look, I'm being honest. You do the same things I do. Sometimes we just go, yeah, sure, take it, just take it. So the Apple Watch being used in a lot of different unique ways to potentially bring new features to the table. Then there's also this other study, not related specifically to the Apple Watch, but it's a study submitted by Colin Leah. He's a research scientist at Apple who works on machine learning and accessibility accessibility related features and is proposing changes to Apple's speak recognition algorithm and machine learning could help alleviate problems for people with stuttering, specifically like reducing some of those cutoff utterances and word error rates by almost 80% based on this research and published paper. So these are two areas where we can see Apple and health, Apple and health. This is a huge, huge, uh, you, you have the tools now in place and you know the machine learning and all the data to be thrown in there that is going to really continue to change the landscape of health with our devices. We also have Mark Gurman who is reporting and kind of adding on to what we have heard rumblings of that the AirPods could also gain more prominent hearing health features in the next year or two. Now, in the latest edition of Gurman's Power On newsletter, he says that he believes Apple will upgrade the AirPods to become a health tool in the next year or two and add the ability to get hearing data of some sort. Now, we know that the AirPods already have certain features uh, like conversation boost. You have the ability to, with a transparency mode, it actually hears for damaging, uh, you know, for damaging sound levels and adjust the sound coming into your ears as well. There with, uh, you know, live listening as well. So those are features that are already existing in the AirPods product and ecosystem they're not yet FDA approved. You can't use AirPods uh, as you know hearing aid replacements by any means. But these are features that have happened so far over time with the help of software. Apple even had a recent patent filing that was revealed with their intention, and at least they're looking at experimenting to add biometric health monitoring capabilities to future AirPods. So that could do things like uh, sense temperature or heart rate or perspiration levels, and more just through skin contact, and then also potential built-in motion sensors to detect other types of activity just through the AirPods itself. Uh, we also had, you know, VP of Apple's technology, Kevin Lynch, had talked, I think even as far back as a year ago, of how Apple could pull data from different devices uh, and to create new algorithms and new ways to detect 
health biometrics, whether, and he didn't directly say AirPods is one of them, but he talked about the phone, the watch, and other products that we have, <clears throat> obviously AirPods. So look, AirPods looking to move forward with new health sensors in the next two years. And that would kind of piggyback on this whole theme that we've been talking about. It's just Apple and health, Apple and health, Apple and health is happening. All right, let's take a break to thank the sponsor again of this podcast, ZocDoc. Hey, let's say you're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. You have an achy back and a sore throat, and then sometimes you all look in and you stumble down that TikTok rabbit hole full of uh, questionable advice from so-called experts, and you know that there are better ways to get the answers you want and the care that you deserve from trusted professionals and not just random people on the internet. Now, ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care that you need and deliver the type of experience that you want. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, takes your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. And surprise twist, hey, those might work for some podcasts, but maybe not for medical care. And with ZocDoc, you got no alarms and no surprises. Choose from thousands of patient-reviewed doctors and specialists, browse doctor profiles, upload and verify your insurance information, and get the care you need. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash AppleBits. ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits. All right. And in case you haven't been following the news over the past, I think it's been getting really hot the past two months about OpenAI, ChatGPT, all of these new AI engines that are driving, you know, artificial intelligence, how we interact with chatbots, how we can create, you know, documents, speeches, everything by just saying, hey, tell me about uh, or ask a question and get thorough, detailed responses. And we just even saw this recent week, Microsoft announcing how they'll be incorporating AI and taking a written document that you've made and pretty much repurposing it into a very clean, well-manufactured PowerPoint, but integrating this type of technology in across office products. And we're seeing this in a lot of different places, not just office, but big companies, Google showing off their AI, Microsoft showing off their next generation AI. And guess what? You think of artificial intelligence and you think of Apple, and if there's any company that feels like they're, they were ahead of the game, with Siri, but now way behind with Siri, it has to be Apple. So according to reports from the New York Times, Apple is currently testing generative AI concepts that could one day potentially be in Siri, despite the fact that Siri is fundamentally just built from literally the underpinnings of it are still from, I think the first time we saw it was in the iPhone 4S and has been one of the main reasons why we have not seen a major evolution has been one of the reasons why it was so hard for us to be able to do multiple timers until I believe a year and a half ago now on Siri. I'm not even joking about this. So uh, employees were apparently briefed on Apple's large language model and other AI tools at their recent annual AI summit last month that happened on campus. We had talked about it actually happening. So you got Apple engineers, members of the Siri team, They've been reportedly testing language generation concepts every week in response to the rise of chatbots like ChatGPT. Now, these next-gen 
AI technologies have also kind of really brought to light how behind and how in the dust Siri and Alexa and other voice assistants have really once taken the lead, but kind of maybe felt a little too confident about what they were doing, didn't really iterate as much. And, you know, Alexa itself, its strength was the fact that they opened up their platform, they allowed everyone to make tools for it, everyone to make mini apps for it, every product to work with it, and it did, but it hasn't evolved from there. And I even talked about in a recent video how it's felt like the smart home has stagnated somewhat, and that is because of the fact that the AI and voice assistants have not really gotten that much better, but now we're seeing this new surge with chat GPT and being able for the company OpenAI to be able to allow that to be used with other platforms. And now what, 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 what is Apple doing, right? Like the, a former Apple engineer, John Berkey, who worked with Siri and is, was made responsible for improving it in 2014, he told the New York Times that the voice assistant is built on what he describes as clunky code that took two weeks to update with basic features. He calls it a cumbersome design which made it very difficult for engineers to add new features. Uh, for example, he said that Siri's database contains a large list of phrases in almost two dozen languages, making it one big snowball. So if someone wanted to add a word to Siri's database, it just goes into this pile. So that means simple updates like adding new phrases to the data set requires rebuilding the entire Siri database that would take weeks and adding anything like more complicated features with new search tools that that would take maybe up to years. So there really was no pathway for Siri to evolve and become a more creative assistant because fundamentally it was very limiting. It 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 already the the limiters were already put in place by just how it was built. So now we have this kind of reevaluation of how technology is being developed at companies like some of these, you know, where you can feel it. And let's not go down the road of AI is scary, but I do feel one of the issues that is happening in the AI space is that um, artificial intelligence, OpenAI was a company that, I'm not saying it was a nonprofit, but it was it was an open platform that had, from what I felt like, altruistic uh, or ideals of being the champion or the guide of how AI would evolve, what restrictions or what cautions needed to be put in place. And now with ChatGPT like exploding, it definitely feels like they're just selling it to the highest bidder. And now it's not about being this organization open source that that could guide how AI evolves and grows. It is now, wait, you, you, how many billions of dollars you want to throw to us to, to use our platform and just let it run wild? Cool. We'll work with you. And it's a little concerning. I'm not saying we are getting into Terminator, sentient AI taking over the world type stuff. And we're not. But this is how how this space is evolving. I think it's happening faster than companies realize. And also certain companies that are taking advantage of this, like Microsoft and their AI and growing a lead by kind of leapfrogging companies like Apple and and Amazon and others there, there. This is now a new arms race. Like, what, what can your AI do for you today? Because even what now? It's been four years or so, five years maybe. Apple poached 
the lead of AI from Google, John Andrea, and I said, okay, let's give them a couple years to see what happens, right? You're not going to see any changes in Siri in year one, but maybe in year two or three. It's been year two or three, and Siri has not really fundamentally changed to be like, oh, that's a really smart AI. It, Yeah, it does the basic things that most people need, but we're going to need more, and this is going to help shape how we use our products. And Siri has just never been up to snuff. I think you you bring up Siri to Apple employees, they're going to be like, it is what it is because it isn't doing much. So we'll see what's happening. But clearly behind the scenes with how Siri is currently constructed and still constructed, it is still uh, pretty pretty old school left in the dust. I don't want to say it's archaic, but it's it's not the most it's not the most cutting edge right now. And you really have to completely gut that thing, which I thought they would. But I guess they can't and they haven't. Or even give it a new name. Whatever that new thing is, um, we're still waiting. Now, if you're interested in this whole idea of a conversational chat bot that can respond to queries, you could get chat GPT on your Apple Watch. So this has been all the buzz and you can ask it things directly on your wrist. That's thanks to a new Apple Watch called Petey, spelled P-E. T-E-Y. Now, if you aren't familiar with ChatGPT, this is like the next generation language model that actually understands and generates human-like responses to natural language input. So if I asked a question like, tell me how, what's the best way to uh, make a pizza outdoors in the winter? You will get quite a detailed and I would say 80% believable response. Um, you can ask it personally. It's like, hey, tell me about Brian Tong. And it'll just scour the internet and stuff and just come up with something silly. But what the PD app does is it allows you to query OpenAI's chatbot by either typing questions in your Apple Watch or using your voice uh, and input. And it is a more conversational experience. So you can kind of interact with it in the context of the queries, like if you want to add more information. But this is an app available on your Apple Watch right now. I believe it is $4.95. It's on the App Store. I think it was originally called Watch GPT, but that name was dropped because of trademark issues. So it's called Petey, P-E-T-E-Y. I believe it requires a Watch OS 9 and should work on an Apple Watch Series 4 and higher. It supports 14 different languages and more are expected to be added over time. So if you're kind of curious what this whole natural language chatbot thing is or chat GPT, check it out on your Apple Watch for $4.95 if you want to have some fun. All right. We wanted to wrap up with a couple small things here. We had talked about a recent first generation, very first generation iPhone still sealed in box that it recently sold for $63,000 about a month ago. And then a new one was put on another auction site. Well, that recent first-gen iPhone, so the first one sold for $63,000. This new one sold for $54,904. Sealed in box. It was put on sale by RR Auction on behalf of a former Apple employee who purchased it when it first came out. I mean, trust me, I, I remember seeing, I'm like, man, I should just get one and keep it in its box. I didn't have the money to do that, so I didn't. Unopen. So now we've had a $63,000 sale and a 50, uh, let's call it $55,000 sale for a iPhone. That's incredible. That's pretty incredible. 
And finally, just Apple-related, Apple-adjacent, Ted Lasso, season three, now available on Apple TV. If you haven't, I think you get like a three-month free subscription when you buy a new Apple product if you haven't used it already. I'm so excited for the season. I saw episode one. It is great. And then also, I was kind of inspired in out here in LA in the Burbank area, which is close to where I'm at, uh, the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, which is an incredible thing to visit if you're here in LA. You get to see props, different sets, learn about behind the scenes and making of some of your classic favorites and all-time movies and just fun stuff. They have this gift store. But at this gift store, they are selling the shortbread that Ted Lass biscuits that Ted Lasso, I guess they're biscuits, they're not shortbread, the biscuits that Ted Lasso would make for Rebecca, the head of Richmond AFC. And they're amazing. They're soft, yet buttery. They're not dry. They're prepackaged. They're actually baked by a place, uh, what is it? It's called the Welsh Baker out of Santa Clarita. They actually worked with them directly to make these biscuits to sell in the Warner Brothers store in Burbank. And I had them. And they are fantastic. Like, whoo. They're really, they're, they're really, really good. Man, I should maybe buy some and like ship some out or something. I actually have a lot of things to ship out to my Patreon supporters. So I know you guys have been really patient with me. I promise I'll do it. But yeah, Ted Lasso season three. This will be the last season of it, I believe, at least according to all accounts, and we'll see how they wrap up the show. I thought season one was awesome. Season two was great, but not as great as season one, and so I'm looking forward to season three being like, just just tie it up in a bow. Just have some fun with it. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's episode. I told you, pretty short, pretty sweet, but we also, before we go, we got to thank our Platinum Apples at the $100 Patreon level support. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Glenn Canellis. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you to all of you who support my content, the show at every level. It is so welcome. And we will be doing another Zoom monthly live stream in the next couple weeks. I'm, I'm going to be traveling a little bit, but I got my calendar set up. So we'll put that out there at the Patreon. But patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all the content. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody, that is going to be it for this week's show. We'll be here next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Take care. Peace. Peace.